Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it was somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Here. Never before. Hello, and welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman, and Lindsay Hooper. My guest this week is former England number one, earning 41 caps. Please welcome Paul Robinson. Goalie, how are you, mate? Not bad, are you? Do you, want the, do you want the honest truth? I've only just got out of bed. I'm so jet lagged, it's untrue. I set my alarm for you this morning. Where have you been? I've been to the States, did a oh, few right. States, but I did the Masters um, and then came oh. back up the East Coast. How I've never brilliant. done that. That's apparently that's the when you see you don't see it on the TV, but the course is like so undulating, isn't it? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, yeah. it was yeah, it was one. It was a bucket list tick, but a lifetime experience. The missus got me for my fortieth two years ago, but obviously yes. with COVID couldn't go and everything. So this this year we put it in the diary. Brilliant. Amazing. So you, I was just about to say what you've been up to, but you've been to the Masters, so. Um... That's another thing that I'm very jealous about you for. <laughs> One of the other things is that you actually, did you do your apprenticeship at Leeds? Or was, yeah, 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 I did. So you I did was there from 14. Yeah, so you did your apprenticeship at Leeds and then actually played for Leeds. Yeah. And I didn't quite make that. So that's another reason why <laughs> I'm quite jealous. But what, what um, are you a Leeds fan as well? Well, yeah, born and bred in the area. So, I mean, when I was a kid, my granddad used to take me to Hull City and Grimsby Town. Like, when Grimsby were obviously better, they were higher up the leagues. He would alternate depending on who was at home. And I think probably Hull was my team to start with. I remember one year, me and my granddad cleared snow off the pitch at Christmas to get free tickets to go to Hull. <laughs> um, but Leeds, Leeds were the biggest club in the area. So, grew up, I mean, yeah, Leeds were the team to support. And it was it was a dream come true, really. I mean, it was I was very, very lucky the way that my career path went. Yeah. And what um, what are you, what are your thoughts on Leeds at the moment? Because all the way through this podcast, all the way through the season, I've been like really nervous, and and now I've just I admitted earlier on today that I'm feeling a little bit better now. You know, because we're not fully safe, but we're yeah. almost there. Well, I think there's I think there's three worse than us definitely, and I think Burnley have made a bad decision in in second Sean when they did. Oh. Although you, you, know, oh. you look at the game against West Ham at the weekend. They had some kind of a performance, but I think the best chance they had was probably keeping him um, with this long to go. But with Leeds, I was surprised that they, they sacked Bielsa when they did and they took a chance on Jesse March, unproven, obviously American coach. People say foreign coaches, you know, don't know the league. It's a difficult position to come in, untried, untested in that league. But he's, he's proved people wrong in the results he's got. Bielsa can, you know, you can never underestimate what he did for that place. I mean, you know yourself from, from taking the 14th in the championship with a very similar squad to finishing ninth in the Premier League. I mean, the, the man in, in these parts is a legend. But I think something had to change, whether it was the manager or the staff around him. I was watching him week in and week out, and I watched him against Tottenham, and they were so poor, they, they, they couldn't defend, they'd lost the ability to go forward. And the, the owners made a big decision, they made a big call, and it looks like it's paid off. Mm. I think the points difference they've got now, it looks like they are going to be safe, but you know what it's like. I mean, if Everton put two wins together in a week and got six points, then all of a sudden things look very different. Mm. Uh, what do you, what do you think about Chris Wilder being linked with Burnley? Uh, I think do you know what I think he'd be the ideal man. Some of the like that, I think the fans probably wouldn't accept Sam Allardyce from where he's, he's come from, his background, the reputation he's got. 
But Chris Wilder, they need somebody to get them facing the right way, very organised and understand the way of playing. You're not going to change the way Burnley play in the space of three weeks and save from relegation playing this extravagant football. You've got to play to the strengths and Chris Wilder's that type of man who could do that. I just, I find the timing surprising, but what I find even more surprising is they didn't have somebody ready before Sunday and then they play again tonight. So they've sat the manager with the thought of bringing somebody in to save them with, what was it, seven, eight games left. They'd lost two of those games because one was on Sunday and one's tonight. You yeah. two know the industry way better than me, but there is a, a sceptic in me that goes, right, did Sean Dyche not want to be relegated? He'd done 10 years service. Is there a conversation behind the scenes? We sack you, you get the payoff. Is is that maybe something that's happened rather than us all feeling pity for, for Sean? Is this something he could have been privy to? Well, we're not privy to what's going on behind the scenes, but I, <laughs> Sean Dyche is not afraid of being relegated. He's, he's done it before. He's not afraid of being relegated and bringing that team back back up into the Premier League. He's capable of doing that. And his stock was so high, you know, amongst the Burnley fans, he would have been allowed to do that. And there'd have been no better man to bring them back. I don't for one minute think that personal pride was anything to do with that decision. Whether, whether anything else went on behind the scenes, we don't know. But I don't think that conversation will have been had. Yeah. I, when, I, when, I see yeah. some, when I see something like that, I, I feel that like the managers had a blazing row with the with the owners um, and something's been said and then it's it's, it's right, right, we're getting ready. Because I, I still can't understand why Burnley have done it. Like what you said, Robert, like at this late in this, this late in the season. Um, also, who else would you, you would love Sean Dice to bring you back up if you get relegated, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100% you would. I mean, you, you look at the other jobs out there, as soon as there's any kind of Premier League job that becomes available, from what eighth and ninth down was in the Premier League, he's going to be Bucky's favourite without a doubt, isn't he? Yeah, you know, so that's that's why I found it such a, a a weird decision. But you know, like you said, hopefully there's there's three teams worse than Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> no, there definitely, definitely is. Yeah. Where where can you see Sean next, both of you? Because West Brom were mentioned quite quickly, weren't they? That they've been tracking him. I find that quite funny. Um, uh, yeah, and, and people were saying that there's quite a few clubs at the moment that will probably be wanting his services. I would imagine he'd like a break. Because <laughs> I think if I'd been at Burnley that long, I would certainly <laughs> want a break. <laughs> what, um, so when, when, you, when you played for Leeds, Robbo, what was your, your most favourite time? Because you were, you were England's number one in, was it 04? Yeah, that was when I'd left. I left for when I left for Spurs. Took the took the chance to go down to London. Yeah. Um, but I, I got in the squads at Leeds. I got a great photo in my games room of me and you running around. Me, me as a little toddler and you showing me the ropes. No Fantastic. way! Yeah. <laughs> you need to send me that. that that's <laughs> we're, we're, we're both sponsored by Puma. I've got it up on the wall in the games room. It's brilliant. We need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Can we actually have a photo for the for the socials and stuff? That would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I can go and get it. I've got time to go and get it. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Give me a second. <laughs> That's no brilliant. Way. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just wondering, if, is this Tash time? Are we going to see Big Tash? Oh, Def or Tash. It'd be a big po- well, it could be Ponytail as it well. It could be Ponytail yeah. time. Yeah, it could. could. could be definitely the both. I don't know if you can still hear me, so I've got my AirPods in, but it's definitely both. It's Tash and Tony. Oh, brilliant. Look at that. Brilliant. 
Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in the light. That's nice haze. <laughs> Neither of you have changed that much, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I've lost a lot more air. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I did until I had some more put in. <laughs> have you gone down that route there's yeah, so many aren't there so many footballers do the david silver one was the famous case wasn't it well i went to get it done and i, I was worried about the, the penalty spot that's open at the back and the guy went it's not that you want to worry about i said if you're working in media he said you need the front doing first <laughs> <laughs> wow i love that <laughs> i've not gone down that route yet but I've, yeah he's it is going back a bit but anyway <laughs> so what what was Favourite time at Leeds before you went to Spurs? Obviously the Champions League times. I mean, the good times yeah. that everybody talks about. Oh, um, you know, breaking through as a kid at that age and getting the opportunity when I did. You know what it was like back in the day. There was a number one goalkeeper, number two goalkeeper. And I was the kid, I was the number three goalkeeper. And you don't get your opportunities in number two unless the first choice is either injured or suspended. And you got very little game time. And I was lucky I got my opportunity at 17. Um, Nigel Martin got injured. And then Mark Beaney was, was the number two goalkeeper and he hadn't played a lot of football. So they give him a midweek game in the reserves and he snapped his Achilles on the Wednesday night. So, and I was the, I was the third choice as a young kid. So David O'Leary frantically tried to get a goalkeeper and on loan between then and the, the weekend. But then I obviously got my opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then the second time I got in the team was the Champions League time when we played Barcelona at home. Uh, Lazio away, <laughs> those type of games. And I think there's one particular game, Barcelona at home, that really kind of made my name, made my career. And that's that's what I built my career on on the back of, really, I think, from from looking back on it. 17, you played against Barcelona. I, I, was, old, I, was, I was 19 then. 19. I think I was 18 and a half. I got my first opportunity at 17 and then got taken out when Nigel was back fit again, obviously. But then it, I think he broke his ribs, so I got in for a longer time. And that's when I ended up playing against Barcelona. Oh. Do you know what? No, I didn't realise. I didn't realise how long you were at Blackburn for. I know. I know you joined that other club in North London. Who <laughs> 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 who signed you for Tottenham? Um, it was David Plate actually, because when funny about the story that happened, we were struggling that year at Leeds. The, the year before, we just stayed in the Premier League um, when Peter Reid kept us up that year. Yeah, and then there was all the fire sales of the players, and it was getting worse financially. And we had a really terrible season that year. And Leeds were desperately trying to get money in. So the, the January of that year, they actually sold me to Tottenham. I went down to White Hart Lane. I did my medical, I had my talks with Daniel Levy, with John Alexander. The contract was done. Everything was agreed. Everything was arranged. And it got to like the 10, half 10, something like that, on transfer deadline night. The deal was I wanted to go back to Leeds because I wanted to keep in the Premier League. I wanted to do all I could. And the deal was that Spurs would sign me and send me back to Leeds on loan. Deal was done, all arranged, phoned Leeds, paperwork. Leeds have gone, ah, got a problem. We've got too many players on loan. We can't take him back. So Spurs, so Spurs went, do you know what? We'll come back and we'll revisit at the end of the year. So everything was just put on hold. As far as I knew, deal was done. It was dead. Daniel Levy shook my hand and he said, we'll come back for you at the end of the year. And do you know what? Even though I shipped about 50 goals between Christmas and the, the end of the season, he <laughs> was, was good to his word. He'd come back and got me. And they didn't have a manager at that point. And it was Pleaty who was doing the signings. Um, right. And then um, Jacques Santini, the French guy, came in, who obviously didn't last very long. And after him, Martignol took over. So the majority of this, my Spurs career was under Martignol. Wow. Then 
<clears throat> but who, who did you? Who did you? This is the other thing that I'm really jealous about. Is you didn't just score one; you've scored twice. <laughs> <haven't> you? <laughs> yeah, and, and the other one was for Leeds, wasn't it? The West one was for Leeds. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the Spurs goal was a fluke. It was just a long punt downfield. Um, it was it was just luck. I mean, we had Mido playing for us at the time who wasn't the most mobile of centre-forwards and if the ball didn't, didn't land in his vicinity, he didn't tend to move. So I think that, you know, that played into my hands. A long kick down the field and he didn't move and Ben Foster was in goal for Watford. He thought his, his centre-half was heading it. His centre-half yeah. thought he was getting it and he just took a great big bounce and went in. That was, that was lucky. But, but the Leeds goal, we were losing 2-1 to Swindon in the League Cup and it was it was a proper Royal Rovers moment. Just went up the other end. Just and, went up, yeah. And got on the end of a got on the end of a cross. When wow. Allison did that for Liverpool, I suddenly saw your goal being rerun. Because only six, isn't there, in the Premier League that have goalkeepers that have managed to score? Uh, are you always knowing that moment's going to come around? Are they going to start showing that again now because this has happened? Do you know what? For the, the the career that I had, and I look back with such pride on my career. Everywhere I go, all people want to talk to me about is the goals that I've scored. <laughs> <laughs> the goalkeeper, that right. must be soul destroying. I'm yeah. a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got close. I hit the bar at Highbury once. So I, I had the ball in my hands, like what you just said, half volleyed it and it went over the defender. I can't remember who was in goal, but it bounced over the goalie and he backpedaled and he just touched it before it went in onto the bar. And he went flying into the net and Alan Smith had followed it in and just tapped it in for a for I a think goal. I remember that. Was that one of your half volleys? One yeah. of your little one-handed half volleys? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love all... Because, like, goalies always remember certain, like, little traits and that, weren't they? You know, I, yeah. I always used to half volley and stuff. What... Um, what what do you, what are your thoughts on the goalkeepers now? You know, I want to, I want to ask you about Aaron because everybody that I ask are always really surprised at how well he's done. I think you look at him, you look at his, his CV and the relegations that he's had and it's very easy to criticise him and to, to jump on the bandwagon of, you know, he's not good enough. He's, he's He's been relegated this amount of times. But I think he's proved a lot of people wrong. I think he's he's had a tough apprenticeship of where he's been, the goals he's conceded. I think he showed a lot of mental strength. I mean, it's a big move for him. I think yeah. Arsenal in the first place, you look at them with Martinez, you look at them with Leno, and you, you question at the time why would they sell Martinez and then go and spend that amount of money on Ramsdale but I mean this season he's been a revelation I think he's done outstandingly well I think there's still area of his game that he needs to he needs to nail down as you probably work with him and, and do that do bits with him but do a little from, bit but not not as much as what people think you know and it's, I've got you know I normally work with the under 23s but I just chat with him and because he, he's got his own coach so I have to be a little bit careful, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I've, I've never been in his company, but I hear he's an absolutely yeah. fantastic kid. I hear he's got a great character, yeah. a great mentality, um, and I think he can he can get better. And I think one of the big things he's he's never really played in a team that's been successful or done well, and he's, he's winning games. And it's and it's this season he's gone to Arsenal with huge expectation, with a lot of people questioning that. You know, mm. myself as well. At the start of the season, you look at why they paid the amount of money they did for him. And he's proven because he, a lot of at that wrong. time he was he was he was they were paying that money for a number two. Yeah, and he's come there and he, he's, he's taken the jersey and he's and he's grasped it with both hands. He's made himself undroppable, and I think he's had a fantastic season. And I think the test for him, as you know, will be next season to to do the same again because yeah. there's a lot of it that you can get through on adrenaline. Sometimes you know the ball's that big. Sometimes the ball's that big. And at the moment <laughs> he's going through a phase when the ball's that big, and yeah. if he can keep that going in his form into next season, I think he'll push Jordan all the way. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. You know, and that's what I was going to ask you about, you know, because he's he's now at Arsenal and there's there's a different pressure on him now. You know, whereas before it was all about uh, relegation, which is massive pressure in its own in its own right. Yeah. Um, but the fact now there is at Arsenal and now he's pushing to be to become England's number one. You know, we we both <clears throat> excuse me, we both know what it's like the pressure when you are England's number one. You know that that is massive. You know, and, and I always talk about these different levels. And um, you know, but yeah, it will be. It'll be interesting if he gets in and around there. You know, he's only, he's only played once. You know, and that was like San Marino. So yeah, I'm always well, looking. You, you said that the pressure of being England's number one is completely different. I mean, being the chaser, as you know, is easy. I mean, you did it for us, however many years. But then, there's, according to the English press, according to everybody else who's a goalkeeping expert, there's always somebody better waiting in the wings to do your job when you're actually the number one. I mean, you had it with Nigel Martin, you had it with David James, you had yeah. probably you had it with a number of, of, of goalkeepers over the years. When I got it, Ben Foster was better than me. He was going to do my job. But when you actually get the job, you know, it's it's great. But then there's always somebody else better off. Aaron's in a great position now where he's chasing. And then it's another level, isn't it? You know, of, of getting that job and then staying there for, for a length of time. But I think he's doing a great job of where he is at the moment. Yeah. What, what would you say, Paul, has been your best save in your career? Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Come on, you must have got one. <laughs> I could tell you my best goal. Probably one of the ones in, in the Champions League run, you know, for Leeds. Um, maybe one. Oh, no, do you know what? There is, there's one for England against Wales. We were playing Wales in a uh, World Cup qualifier away at the Millennium Stadium. There was a header from John Hartson um, and it was low down to my left. Um, yeah, that's that's because my left was always my weakest side. I was always I always struggled down to my left. You know, we all, you all have weak sides, and this was been it was a really good save for me because it was low and it was exactly where I wouldn't have wanted the ball. Got the full length and flipped it up. My dad's got a great big picture of it in the dining room with a pair of gloves that I actually made the save from. So yeah, that's that's probably my best one. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Looking at the at the top four, who, who do you reckon is going to do it, Robbo? Is it well, your old team or my old team? Well, neither have wanted, do they? I, I mean, know. You, you look at them, and do you know what? There's, there's so many Spurs fans. I speak to so many Spurs fans after last week, after they lost to Brighton. They're like, oh, we got away with them this weekend, didn't we? Because Arsenal lost as well. And it's just like, we didn't get away with one. Can you imagine if we'd have won how far away you'd have been? And the, the two of them have been like that all season. I mean, Liverpool, uh, sorry, Manchester United and West Ham, they seem out of it for me. It's, it's definitely between us two. I'm I'm surprised that they didn't sandwich that North London derby into the last week of the season just for the TV rights. But I think it, that that, that game is going to be massive, isn't it? But then I say that, but then you don't know. I mean, you lot lose to Southampton, we lose to Brighton. You just can't predict it. No, and we we obviously we as we're talking on a Wednesday, we've got we've got Chelsea away tonight, so that <clears throat> that could be four in, in a row for for Arsenal defeats. Yeah. Um, you know, and and like you say, just nobody seems to want it at the moment. So it's you know, I even I'm finding it hard to. To say was going to win it, yeah, I know we've got a game in hand, but I'd much rather have the points. Well, the game in hand puts you level, and then there's the goal difference, isn't there? Yeah, so, I exactly. Mean, yeah. It, you, you, you generally, if this was Man City Liverpool we're talking about, you'd presume that they'd both win every other game, and then the North London derby would be the big game. But you, you just don't know what team's going to turn up. I mean, you look at Spurs; they beat Villa four nil, and then they lose the week after. Okay, granted, the Villa game wasn't a four nil game, but they're just so unpredictable. Um, it's, it really is a toss of a coin at the moment I think Spurs like you rightly say are in the pole with the points in the bag but who knows 
Many people think that Edison and Allison are two of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League at the moment. They're vying for the title. If you had a charity game and you've got to choose one of them to go in goal, which one would you go for? (laughs) (laughs) I think you'd have to pay them a few quid to get into a charity game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, I'd I'd play Allison. I just think he's he's more of a not a traditional goalkeeper. I think the Edison's fantastic. I think some of the saves that he makes, and I think he's he along with others have revolutionised the game, the way that the game's played, and the way that he's relied on as a as a floating centre half, and um, the way that they play through him. But I think Allison is the art of goalkeeping is, is sometimes missed. Now we, we all talk about goalkeepers that can play out with the feet from the back. We talk about the the different side of the game and forget about the actual job of a goalkeeper is to keep the ball out the back of the net. And I think Allison does that, and I think he's got a, a presence. I think he makes key saves when he's needed. Watched the game last night against Manchester United. He made that really key double save when he was needed. Um, he, 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 he commands his box more than me for me than Edison. And I think he, he can do... He's not as, as talented as Edison is, sorry, with his feet, but he is able to do it and he is as good with it. But I think he's more of a, a goalkeeper, a shot stopper, somebody you can rely on and depend on. But I say that and then you look you look back at the weekend, you look at the FA Cup when Stefan came in, you look how much that Manchester Manchester City missed Edison. He was a huge miss for them because they relied yeah. so heavily on him, the way that they play. But for me, it'd be very close, but I'd pick Alisson. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm close. I'm, I'm a little bit on Edison, on, the, on his side, but <clears throat> watching Alisson over this season, especially, he's, he's even doing Cruyff turns now. Can you imagine an hour day if we did that on the edge of the box or in like the wrong <laughs> goal line? The manager would take us off straight away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we put, put the ball down on the six yard line and kick it for as far forward as you can. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? But yeah, but like, but I know what you mean about his his one v ones is is brilliant in it. You know, and he's yeah. got this he's got this knack of of like. Even when he's not set, he's moving across his goal. His head's set, if you know yeah. what I mean. You know, his body's moving and everything, but his head's totally focused on the ball. And he makes he makes a lot of these 1v1 saves with his arms and his hands. Well, he you made know. one against Chelsea this year, if you remember it at home, when he got, he came so far out of his box, he got in completely the wrong position. But yeah. then he just realised, and he stayed. Whereas a lot of goalkeepers would try to backpedal or move side to side. He just got there and went in the wrong position, stayed, and then made a great save in a one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, have you have you noticed anything changing with with the goalkeepers this not this season but over like since you've retired? Obviously, there's playing out from the back, but you know, have you noticed any anything else that's that's really caught your eye? I think the game's evolved. It's you know from from when I first started to when I finished to when I finished, and now is is gone even more. I mean, the the physicality of the game, and the technical ability that the players have got, and what they're able to do has changed. But I think there's a lot less crosses a lot less balls into the box if you like you know one of the big things for us you had to be a big tall strong goalkeeper you had to deal with a lot of crosses Um, whereas now you look at teams there's not many teams that will sling the ball into the box even from wide areas you know they're always they're always structured free kicks they're quite often played short even corners these days there's not many that are put into the goalkeeper's area it's a Mm -hmm. huge asset to have as a goalkeeper and for me I think Nick Pope at Burnley is the best at that best at dealing with crosses but I think that that element has gone out of it, especially in the top teams. You won't often see uh, Manchester City chuck a ball into into the box from deep areas. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I was at I was at Arsenal and I was chatting to um, to some of the physios there and the the, um, the sports science guys, and they were saying that the, the game has changed. He, he said it's 
it, they said it was 30% faster now than what yeah. it was when I played. Well, it's, it's mad. I mean, what the players do now, it's a lifestyle now, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we used to have, on, if we played Saturday to Saturday, we'd have a, what, a Wednesday and a Sunday off. And if, these, yeah. if these players took a day off, like their eating regimes or their, their diets or their training regimes, they would know about it. They, there's so much small margins that the <laughs> Is that what you used for. to do? Would it be like Wednesday, right, I'm going to get a big burger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could. That's, I, no. that's where our Tuesday club came from. Because it, was we beer, it was the beer on a Tuesday night. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You used to plan you eat well ahead. And then, and then all of a sudden the manager would go, right, we're training tomorrow. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> you no, wouldn't change yeah. it. You wouldn't trade it for, for being a keeper now. No, it's now more of a lifestyle than ever. I mean, yeah, you would trade it now. You'd love to still be playing now. Of course you would. But, you know, there's certain limitations. But I think that the game that we, we played in is very different to the one now. And I wouldn't change my experience, what I had for, yeah. for anything. You know, thoroughly enjoyed it. I think now that, as I say, the players are, are turned tuned into a lifestyle more than you've ever been. You know, traveling away, nights in hotels, away from your family, um, not being able to eat meals. You know, do what you want, live as you want th- through the year. Do you um, do you ever get asked to put your gloves back on? Yeah, a couple of times. You know, charity games and things. Do you but do what, it? But, no, what finished me was my back, wasn't it? So oh, right. I, uh, right. I, I love me, I love me paddle tennis and I love racquetball, and I think that's about my limit. I spent two hours last night. I've come back from the States and not seen my boy for a while. So he said, oh, can we go to the cricket night? Bowling at him for two hours. I couldn't, couldn't move. But last night, <laughs> I got on my back. was so stiff. Oh, no. Oh, you've got a good enough excuse. I'm, my excuse is that I am now too old. You know, <laughs> honestly, that, I, I can't move. I can't, you know, like when, when the ball comes in, you know, like the last one I did was Harry's Heroes, the second series. Yeah. And and a, and a ball came down to me and I saved it and it just popped out a bit and I tried to get up like really quick and, it, and I was like a beach well and I was thinking, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not doing it ever again. And, and the, I've stopped. The thing is though, mate, this, this doesn't change, does it? This doesn't change. But it's just everything else doesn't follow it. Like even playing in the garden and that, you know, the, the, the little fellow and that like you want to get down, you want to do a save or you're doing a few <laughs> little bits and you just think, I used to be able to do that a lot better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's, it's, it is, it's horrible, but yeah. you know, it's, it happens and you know, it's, um, it's one of those things, but what, um, well, we've got your top four, uh, not top four, who's going to win? What, the Premier League? Yeah. <sighs> I've said, well, I said Chelsea at the start of the season, I was proved drastically wrong by that because I thought that the sign of Lukaku would have a huge impact on them. Yeah. Um, and I thought the start of the season particularly well, but now, I mean, Liverpool and Man City have been streets ahead. And a few months ago, you couldn't see anything beyond City, could you? Um, no, I, I said that. I said it on here. I said, oh, it's, it's like 80% over. Mm. Well, there's a bookmaker that I work for. Um, and they paid out just after Christmas on City. No you know, way. They, yeah, they paid out. Um, so, you know, they, they could live to regret that decision. Mm. But if, if there was anybody capable of putting a run together, it was Liverpool. I think, you know, the, the way that they've played the second half of the season. I just think that City have got the edge. I look at the, the the fixtures that they've got left. Saw Liverpool again last night. I thought they were outstanding. Um, and I think they are outstanding. I think City and Liverpool are streets ahead of anybody else at the moment. But for me, it's City. I think mm. the way that they... The only thing that could hamper them is obviously injuries. We saw, you know, the, the fact that De Bruyne didn't play last week. Um, when they were chasing the game, he didn't come off the bench. Laporte didn't play. Diaz didn't play. And I think for, for Pep, the Holy Grail is the Champions League. I think if you honestly asked him what he'd rather win this year, the Premier League or the Champions League, I think he'd probably say the Champions League because that's something that's eluded him for so long. 
The only thing for me would be that City would focus more on that if they had players in select in a rotation system that they wanted to pick. He'd pick his strongest for the Champions League. But I think looking at the fixtures left, City have got the slightly easier ones. So I'm going to stick my neck on the block and go City. Oh no! But I've always said City, and you've got it wrong once. Hopefully, you're not wrong twice. <laughs> 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 Bravo! It's been brilliant having you on, mate. No, no problem. Yeah, thanks for getting up and not having jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you should have seen me half an hour before I came on. It was a quick shower and a few coffees. So. <laughs> And a strong coffee. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> nice one, mate. Thanks very much. Oh, good well, chat. Nice to see you. See you guys. Bye. 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 Cheers, Paul. Head over to YouTube to watch all our interviews in full. Just search for Seaman Says and subscribe. This is a Listening Dog Media Production. Sports Social Podcast Network.